there are some proper ways and improper ways of doing things. Think about this. Would you go to a job interview with uh, no shoes, cut off blue jeans, your hair not combed, and not have taken a bath? You probably wouldn't do that. You probably, you probably wouldn't, you know? And you'd say, well, that, that's not really the proper way. What about if you went to court and you saw the judge? Uh, when he came into the room, what would you do? You would stand up, and if you wanted to address the judge, how would you call him? You would say, your honor, and, and you, you would ask permission to approach the bench. I mean, when you think about it, there are certain ways to do things. <clears throat> well, here's a question. Are there certain ways to pray? I mean, is there a proper way to pray? Is there a certain method and manner of coming to God? Now, we've already said that come, you know, talking to God, that's what prayer is. You can talk to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything. But the Bible has a great deal to say, and so... We wanted to look at what I call the method and the manner of prayer. And so we're going to think about this. As we said a while ago, prayer is just simply talking to God, and we can do that. But as we look through Scripture, that God shows us ways to approach Him. And there's some things that He teaches. In fact, if you remember, when we looked at the Lord's Prayer, they actually said to Him, teach us to pray. And He said, when you pray, pray this way. And so we're going to look at it, and uh, let me break this down for you. This is kind of fun. This is what we're going to see for the next two weeks. We're going to see a method, a method of prayer, and notice it's to the Father in the name of the Son on the, and based on the power of the Holy Spirit, based on the will of God. So that's the method, to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit based on the will of God. Then we're going to see the manner. How do we do that? We come boldly. We come continuously. We come specifically. We come believing. Those are the four things there. And so this week we're going to look at the first one, uh, the, the, the method, to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Spirit based on the will of God. And then we'll, and you could even say, let me just sew this out on that fourth one where it says based on the will of God. You could say based on the Word of God because the will of God, uh, the Word of God is where you find the will of God, and we'll talk more about that, and then boldly, continuously, specifically, and, pre- and believing. And that's some things that we don't always think about. So let's start, and let's look at the method, okay? How, how are the ways that, that we come to God? And there's a pattern, once again, that we see in the Scripture. We saw a pattern of the different kinds and ways to pray and all of those kind of things. Well, this is the method, and the very first one is, simply put, you come to the Father. When you pray, what do you say? Our... our our Father, our Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, that's how we started in John 17, 1. We're not turning there, but in John 17, 1 is what we call the high priestly prayer. And that's Jesus prayed, and he starts the prayer in John 17, 1. He says, Father, and he starts off by saying Father. We know that we can call God Father. We can also call him what? Huh? Daddy. Yeah, we can. I mean, we can come to him in that way. And I want you to see something. Look at Matthew chapter 6, where we are. I told you to just turn to Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 9. And they're asking him, and they had already come back up earlier and said, teach us how to pray, teach us how to pray. And so he says, when you pray, look at verse 9, pray then in this way. How does he start it? Our Father who are in heaven. And so one of the things we see, and that's what he says, pray in this way. So when you come to God, now I'm not saying, let me just say this. You could say, Jesus, help me. You could say that. That's, that's okay, isn't it? I mean, it's not the end of the world, right? But he said, and you could say, oh, spirit, you know, whatever. But, but the bottom line is, he says, when you're approaching God, who is a Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, he says, come this way, our Father. Uh, 
come in my name. Yeah, come in the name of the Son, but we're coming to the Father. And so the bottom line in Matthew 6 is it's just pray, pray in this way, our Father, which are in heaven. So I want to say to you that if you were to say, Jesus, help me, you've not sinned, you've not done anything wrong. But we're saying that he says, here's a kind of a pattern. You come to the Father. So the very first thing is we come to the Father. The second thing is we come in the name of the Son. You know why? Because he's the authority. We come in the name of the Son. The truth is we can't come to the Father unless Jesus has already gone, gone before us. He, he's the in-between. I want to put this up for a second. He's the mediator. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says, There's one mediator between God and men, and it is the man, Christ Jesus. The go-between for us to go to the Father is the Son, Jesus Christ. So we can say, let me go to the Father. But the way you can go to the Father is because Jesus Christ has already gone before you. He has been your mediator. He has died in our place, paid for our sins. He seated the right hand of the throne of the Father. And, and he is making intercession for us, those kind of things. And so we see that the Bible tells us that we come to him. I want you to turn, if you would, uh, flip over to Hebrews. Just You're in Matthew. Flip almost toward the back to Hebrews chapter 4. I just want you to see this. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, and, and we're thinking about Jesus, and we realize that Jesus is our great high priest. That means he is the representative. When you think about this, if, you were, if, if we lived at the time of the Jewish people and the temple and everything, how would we approach God? We would come to God through the sacrificial system, and there was a priest and you would come if you had, if you wanted to thank God for something, you brought a certain sacrifice. If you wanted to deal with your sins, you brought a certain sacrifice. If you just wanted to, to praise God, you could do something else. But you had to approach God through the sacrificial system, and there were priests, and then there was the great high priest. And so he was the representative. He was the one that would go between, so to speak, between God and man. Well, we now have, since we can talk about, we can come to God, but we come to God through our great high priest, Jesus Christ. And I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, who is that? Who is the great high priest? That's Jesus. Since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. What does that mean? What does that mean? He's passed through the heavens. He came down and he... Went back up. He died and rose again. He has ascended to heaven. Where is Jesus right now? See at the right hand of the throne of God. What's he doing? He's making intercession for us. And so he says, therefore, since we have this great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold fast our confession. Let's hold fast. For we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weakness. Because he can. Why? Because he's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So he understands everything. When you come to him and you've got a problem, when you come to him and you've sinned for the 19th straight time on the same thing, he understands completely. He, he's, he is a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. And then look what he says at the end. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of near. That draw near with confidence. Some Bible translates, let us, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come because we're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. The only right you have to approach the living, perfect God is Jesus. Right? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ died for us. He made us his children. We're all that. And so... 
The way we get to approach the Heavenly Father is because we have the great high priest, the Son. He's already gone before us. Let us draw near with confidence, with boldness to the throne of grace. Now, let me, let me just say this too. When we, we've been talking about prayer in all kinds of ways. But if you notice that when we approach God through Jesus Christ, the throne is called the throne of what? Grace. It's not called the throne of law. It's not called the throne of works. It's called the throne of grace. We get to approach God not because we've done right, not because we're good, not because we're, we're anything. We get to approach God because what Jesus Christ has done for us through his grace, through God's grace loving us, and through Jesus Christ's grace of dying for us. And so when we come to the Heavenly Father, we come through the Son, Jesus Christ. I, it's, it's amazing. That's the gap. Therefore, we come because of Jesus. We can draw near Hebrews chapter 10, let me read this for you. You don't have to turn there, but listen to this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 says, uh, uh, we can come near by the blood of Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's amazing. And then, um, let me, wait, I want to read that if I can find it. 10, 9. It says, behold, I've come to, uh, no, that's not the verse I'm looking for. Anyway, there's a verse that says, we approach by the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's, here's one of my favorites, and that is John 16. He says, you ask in whose name? Whose name do we ask a prayer in? See, always, always, we always, uh, we, we hear people say things like at the end of the prayer, in Jesus' name we pray. Are we just saying that to say this is the end of the prayer? Because everybody says the next thing is amen, which means the prayer's over. That's what we think it means. But in Jesus' name we pray is saying, I'm approaching God in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the authority in which I can come boldly because I'm coming in the name of the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And then we end the prayer with amen, which means what? It means true. It means truth. Amen is a Hebrew word, which means truth or truly. It was transliterated into Greek, amen, which means truth or truly. It's transliterated into English, amen, which most people don't know what it means. If you ask the average person, what does amen mean? They mostly think, well, it means something to, that, to do like the end of a prayer. No, amen means truth. And so when you say, in Jesus' name we pray, truth. I, what my prayer request, what I'm saying, I'm coming to the living Father in the name of the Son. So it's really an amazing thing. So uh, come in the, uh, we think, we think uh, about this. In Jesus' name we come to the, to the Father. So look what we've got. To the Father in the name of the Son. And then the third thing is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jude verse 20 talks about praying in the Spirit. That doesn't mean some kind of charismatic thing. It means that when you pray, you're praying in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you're in fellowship with God, and that you're praying. That there's something you might not have ever seen. You might not have ever seen. But I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. So just flip back in your Bible to Romans chapter 8. And I want you to see something. You may have read this before, but have you ever thought about what it says? Because we're going to see in Romans 8, 28, uh, 8 uh, 26, 27, that the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. He's the power. And we come in, in the name, we come into the Father in the name of the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. Look at Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 26. He says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Weakness for what? What's he talking about? Well, you can't tell yet. You have to keep looking. Notice what he says. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. 
Sometimes we say, I just don't know what to pray. I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, whatever your will is, whatever, but we don't know exactly what to do, right? There's some things we don't know that, and some things we just say, Lord, this, 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 if it be your will. But we just say, oh, Lord, this and this and this. So it says, in the same way the Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But, watch, the Spirit himself intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Groaning's too deep for words. In other words, this is not something you hear. This is not coming out of you. This is the Holy Spirit actually praying for you. It says the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. The Holy Spirit helps our weakness. Now watch what the next verse says. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Now that could be Jesus because he knows the hearts. He searches the mind of the, of the Spirit. And he is the intercessor for the saints. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about it this way? There's the Father. And who is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us? The Son. So you got the Father, you got the Son, and then who is, know, who is knowing what we need to pray for and interceding for us or praying for us? Who's doing that? Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, and then who knows the mind of the Spirit? The Son. Who makes intercession to the Father? The Son does. Have you ever thought that here's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and we're praying, and we don't know really what to pray for, but we're praying, and the Holy Spirit knows what we pray for, helps our weakness, prays for us, and the one who knows the mind of the Spirit is the Son, and the Son is the intercessor for us, and who does he tell? The Father. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's pretty complicated, but it, anyway, that, you know, that's, that's what we seem to see from Romans chapter 8. Uh, verses 26 and 27. He knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes and, and prays for us. And then the Son knows the mind of the Spirit. And He is the intercessor to the Father. We've already seen that the way we can approach the Father is through the who? the Son. And so the Holy Spirit prays for us so that we can approach the Father through the Son. That's why we say, Heavenly Father, da 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 in Jesus' name, we're coming to the Father in the name of the Son, in the power of the Spirit. There's one more. And that is, it's according. Oh, well, let me put that. The Father searches the heart. He knows. He knows the Son. He knows the mind of the Spirit. Pray to the Father in the name of the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. One more. Based on the will of God. Now, it's kind of hard, but it's based on the will of God. When you pray a prayer, um, we really want God's will, don't we? I mean, let me ask you this question. This is going to sound dumb, but is God's will going to come to pass? I mean, it is, right? Because he's sovereign, and he works all things according to the counsel of his will. But even our prayers, and we've already talked about this, everything fits together. So we come boldly to the throne of grace, uh, you know, asking prayers in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. But it should be based on the will of God. I want you to turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Just, that's, all, that's almost to the very back of your Bible. you get. got... Uh, first and Second Peter, and then you got First John, Second John, Third John, Jude, and Revelation. So when you find First John, it's in First John chapter five. Now this is amazing because we all say we want God to answer our prayers. How does God answer our prayers? Could be what? Yes. Could be no. Could be wait. It could be. That's what we've been seeing. But look at this right here in First John chapter five. Look at verse fourteen. 
This is the confidence which we have before him, before God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What did Jesus say in the garden? He said, if it's possible, let this cup pass. However, not my will, but your will. Jesus prayed according to the will of the Father. He said, Father, if there would be a way. I'd like to miss this thing if it's possible. I mean, because he knew exactly what it was going to be. I mean, he's talking, he's a human being. He was going to go through all a bit of that suffering. I mean, it hadn't happened yet. They hadn't arrested him. They hadn't beaten him all night. They hadn't had the three trials and then the other three trials. They hadn't put the crown in. They hadn't done all of that stuff. Hadn't put him up there. I mean, it was, uh, he knew what was coming. And some people say, well, was he actually asking to miss it? Well, we know that he knows everything. But I think from a human standpoint, he's saying, if there's any way we could do this without this, that would be great. However, not my will, but your will. When we approach God, we say something like this, Lord, I, I would love this, I would love this. However, Lord, I, I trust you, whatever. It's not my will but yours, but you tell me to, to ask my request. You tell me to come boldly to the throne. You tell me to make my request known. You tell me to do all this. And, and so I'm telling you, but at the same time, I have to trust you that it'd be your what? Your will, not my will. And so he says, look what he says. This is the confidence we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that... That he hears us in what we in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. And what he's actually saying is, if you're praying according to the will of the Father, what's going to happen? It's going to come to pass, right? And now we don't always know. I mean, there's no way. Sometimes, just like we go back to the Holy Spirit, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know exactly what God's will is. We don't know what He wants to, what He's working out, what He's planning. You can say, Lord, I don't understand all these things are happening, but here's what, here's what, I'm just lifting this up to you, but I'm trusting you because I just don't know. And so, whatever, you know, I trust you that it's your will, but you tell me to tell you what I want, but at the same time, whatever your will is, Lord, I, I trust you. And so, it's to the Father. In the name of the Son, the only way we can approach Him, in the power of the Holy Spirit, who is who is doing what? He's no, he, He's hearing us. He's praying for us. He's giving it to the Son. The Son's giving it to the Father, and then we do it according to the will. And so God's will is found in God's word. I love this. He says, He says, the confidence we know that according to His will, He hears us, and if He hears, we have. That's pretty bold, isn't it? We're going to see next week and the week after that. It's going to take us two weeks on this other part. We're going to talk about praying, believing. What does that mean, praying, believing? Because if, remember the book of James. James says if anybody asks, don't ask in unbelief and not faith because you're like a wave tossed back and forth. You think you're going to get an answered prayer if you don't believe that God answered? You remember the story of the guy, the, 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 the father that had the son that kept... The son had a demon possession. He kept throwing him in the fire and throwing him in the water. And he says to Jesus, and we're going to see it in a couple of weeks, he says, uh, if, if you do something if you, if you can. And Jesus said, if I can. Like, you mean you're asking whether I have the ability to do this? Of course I have the ability to do this. He said, do you, do you believe? And the guy went, I, I believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> and that's us all the time. And so bottom line, he hears it. Now let me throw something out to you just, just to think about, and I know we got just a few more minutes, but 
In Romans 12, 1, he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Then he goes on to say, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the word of God so that you may know the will of God. So let me tell you. How do you pray according to the will of God? You must know the word of God. You must know what it says. You must know the truth so that when you pray, you're praying according to the things that you know that God has already told us that that is his word says certain things. Uh, I'm going to use this uh, several weeks down. I'm, you know, I've got three or four lessons ahead. But have you ever heard somebody pray, Oh, Lord, send your Holy Spirit? Do you? What did you say, Paul? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, does each one of you, do each one of you in this room who know Christ as Savior have the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit in this room even now? Do we have to say, oh Lord, please send your Holy Spirit? No, we don't. And sometimes we pray things like, that's not according to his will because he said, I already did that. Why are you asking? I mean, I've already done that. Yeah, it's just, so that's why it's so important to d- dig the Bible to know that. So this is our pattern. So we'll see more next time. So let me give you some applications and then we'll go to our grow groups. The first one, the first idea here is we're praying to the Father in the name of the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit, based on the will of God. And of course, as I said earlier, you could put based on the Word of God, which is where you find the will of God. So it all ties together. So when we think about praying, here's the first application. Let's remember that prayer is just talking to God. And, and let me just tell you, when, when things are going on, you don't have to get out of book and say, okay, let's say I pray to the Father in the name of I mean, we know. You, you already know. You're, you're saying, dear Heavenly Father, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Uh, you know, and, and the, the assumption is you're in fellowship with God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit who, who is going to look at you and know what's going on and pray for you when you don't know what to pray. And uh, so just remember, prayer is just simply talking to God. Let's follow the method God has shown us in his word, and that is we pray to the Father. And, and just think about it. The, the, the one who created everything, controls everything, has always existed, is all-powerful, is beyond what we could imagine, you get to come to him. Let me tell you something. I was talking, uh, i just throw this out because we got about a couple of minutes. I was talking to somebody. Let me ask you a question. What do you picture it will be like when you stand before Jesus Christ? Now, when we stand before Jesus Christ, this has nothing to do with what? It has nothing to do with salvation. It's a gift by faith. And so when we stand before Jesus Christ at what's called the judgment seat of Christ, it's the rewarding stand. So when you stand before Jesus Christ, it is not based on sin and how you've sinned and what you've done wrong and he's going to bring up your sins. That's already been placed on Christ. But when you stand before Jesus Christ, it's going to be how you lived this life. Did you, were you, well, is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Is he going to, are we going to be ashamed that he's coming? And those kind of things. And so do we understand that, that when you stand before Jesus, what's going to happen immediately? When you stand before him, what's going to happen? You're going to fall on your knees. Every knee shall bow. Every, listen, he's the most powerful being that you could ever imagine. And so when we stand before Jesus, it's just like, oh my, and we're going to go down. I was talking, the reason I wanted to bring that up, I was talking to some guys, and they asked this question, and a person raised this question. If you have eternal life and you're saved and saved forever, are you? Right. He said, what difference does it make how you live? Because if I'm going to heaven, 
It doesn't make any difference how I live. And so we talked for a little bit about rewards and about service and about testimony. So it does. It does make a difference how you live. It doesn't make a difference on whether you're going to have eternal life or not, but it's going to make a difference on on how you're going to live for all eternity and where you're going to serve God. And is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? And the person made this statement. He said, well, I could say, I don't care. And, And I could say... I don't care anything about it. I'm going to heaven. I'll just do anything I want to do. And when I stand before him, I'll say, I just didn't care. I said, when you stand before him, you're not going to say, I didn't care. You're going to be on your knees. Because this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the most powerful being that's ever existed. And it ain't going to be like anybody going to stand up and say, I did it my way. Let me tell you what, there's only one way. And so uh, I think it's a pretty powerful statement. So when we talk about this, we're praying to the Heavenly Father. We're praying in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who created all things, the one who holds all things together, the one who convicts the world, the one who empowers every believer. And then we do this based on the will of God, which is based on the Word of God. So when we think about this, uh, it's so amazing. So think about it. I'm not saying that if you just said, oh, Jesus, help me, you've done something wrong. I'm just saying there is a pattern that we see from Scripture, and we probably want to try to follow it the best we can. Finally, let's offer our lives being transformed so we can know God's will. The only way you're going to know God's will is to say to God, I want my life to count for you. I want to be transformed by the Word of God. I do not want to be conformed to the world. I want to be transformed by the Word. So that's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Look at that sometime.